Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now, last time we read Genesis chapter 7. And at the end of chapter 7, basically, Noah and all the animals were in the ark. The waters covered all of the earth for 150 days, five months. Now, we're ready to read chapter 8. Now, I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now, in this chapter, the flood is going to abate. So, all right, starting in verse 1. And God remembered and thought kindly of Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the land, and the waters receded. Also the fountains of the deep, the subterranean waters, and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain, the pouring rain from the sky was restrained, and the waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of a hundred and fifty days, the waters had diminished. On the seventeenth day of the seventh month, five months after the rain began, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat in Turkey. Now, there is a note here that this was formerly Armenia, but is now in Turkey. I'm not sure if that makes a huge difference. I'm not a big uh, geography or history person, but just letting you know. The waters continued to decrease until the tenth month. On the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of another forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent out a raven which flew here and there until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then Noah sent out a dove to see if the water level had fallen below the surface of the land. But the dove found no place on which to rest the sole of her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the entire earth. So he reached out his hand and took the dove and brought her into the ark. He waited another seven days and again sent the dove out of the ark. The dove came back to him in the evening, and there in her beak was a fresh olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water level had subsided from the earth. Obviously, the water level had gotten low enough that plants were coming back up out of the water. You know, uh, most plants can survive being covered in water for a period of time, you know. So, let's see. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. So here, Noah was being methodical. And he just, once he got to a certain point, every week he would send out this dove just checking to see what conditions were, knowing that an animal, you know, if it can't find anywhere else, it's going to come right back to you. Um, If it didn't have any other place for it, then it would come back to him. And now, of course, also you've got to take into consideration that God is on the scene. God is involved in helping all of this, so, you know... But even so, even so, it was a it was a good methodology. It was a good thought process. In my mind, it shows a certain. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every week until I get the results that I'm expecting. You know, and I'm just going to keep testing. So I kind of like that. It kind of suits my way of thinking. So again, though, I know we have to realize that God is involved in all of this, and that of course He's going to let them know in some manner, you know, he's going to give them that sign that they're looking for. 
Now in the six hundred and first year of Noah's life, on the first day of the first month, the waters were drying up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and the surface of the ground was drying. Now notice it was drying, probably still kind of muddy, still kind of messy. Um, so, you know, he's probably going to, you know, uh, I think if we continue to read here, he's going to wait a little longer. But, uh, you know, all this, all this shows just how wet everything was and just how much water was involved that he waited and waited and he, he just saw gradual changes, you know. If, had this just been a localized momentary flood, well, a couple of days usually is all you need and everything dries right up, you know, once the rain stops. Um, you know, sometimes more than that, but you know, it's not usually in the, in the, the line of months. Months with no rain and, you know, so this just shows you the amount of water that there was and how, how this flood really was. All right, <clears throat> let me continue on. Okay, so Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and the surface of the ground was drying. On the 27th day of the second month, the land was entirely dry. And God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives with you. Bring with you every living thing from all flesh, birds and animals, and every crawling thing that crawls on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Now here again, I just want to point this out to you. This is much like what was said back earlier in Genesis in the, around the creation time. God is speaking this, so it's going to happen. He's saying that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So he's speaking this, so it's going to happen. It's not like that's really a, uh, maybe if they feel like it, mm, I don't know. No, it's so that it can happen. It's going to happen. You know, God is, God is again speaking this and it's going to happen. So Noah went out and his wife and his sons and their wives with him. Now, this is after being in the ark. This says, according to uh, you know, the time that they, they think, the timeline that this would be after being in the ark, one year and ten days. That's probably a pretty good estimate. I, I would not have a different or better estimate myself. I would have to sit down and try to figure it up. Anyway, I'm sure if it wasn't a year and ten days, it, this is probably a very close, you know, a very close thing, if not exactly right. Every animal, every crawling thing, every bird, and whatever moves on the land went out by families, types, groupings from the ark. In other words, they went out like within their own little group safely so that the, the lions weren't coming out with the rabbits and chewing up the rabbits and <laughs> yeah, anything like that. Of course, at this time, you have to realize at this time so far, um, everything is really still vegetarian, I believe, at this point. Let's, let's read on, because I think this is going to change here. And Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every ceremonially, every ceremonially clean animal, and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, a soothing, satisfying scent, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intense, strong inclination, desire of man's heart is wicked from his youth. 
and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, I'm going to say this right here because it belongs here. Because God has said this, and, and you have to note that verse, while the earth remains, well, we know at some point there will be a new earth, but right now there is not, okay? So while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. These cycles will continue. We are not, even if we pollute our land or do bad things to uh, the earth and mess things up, okay? We are not going to wreck these cycles because they're going to continue. Can we have somewhat effect on these cycles? Possibly we could have minor effects. If you go back and look through um, history, they think we've raised the CO2 in the atmosphere by, what is it, 1% or something or 2%. It's a very low amount. And and that's where they get their uh, their some of their... Um, over-the-top expectations that all life is going to end in 20 years due to this. But um, that is just, that's just not realistic. Um, the way the, the ecosphere works, the way God made things to work, uh, that's just, that's an unrealistic, that is a very fearful premonition that, well, it's just not true. I mean, it's just not possible. God has said that these cycles will continue as long as the earth remains. So, unless we totally find a way to blow up the earth, which I don't think we will, I think that time, at some point in time in the future, when the Lord comes back, that will signal the end of this, and we'll have the new heaven and the new earth. I think that will happen, and uh, things will change from then on. Will, you know, But, for right now, while this earth exists, these cycles will happen. That's why I say there, there is no global warming, just like now. And I know some of you are not old enough to remember this, but uh, back in the 70s, we were all going to die in a global ice age. Okay, I just, I just want to bring that up. At some point after the 70s, in the 80s or 90s, they came up with the global warming. So now we're all going to die in global warming. Now that one, for some reason, has stuck and stayed longer. You know, maybe because, um, well, maybe because overall we don't always, we're not always the best stewards of the earth and our resources, okay? So, if they want to complain about some of those things, just like we went through a lot of work in the 60s and 70s trying to get things cleaned up and get people to quit polluting and throwing their garbage out on the roads and everything else. We went through a lot of years and a lot of advertising and a lot of things to get that through to people to stop doing that. So if you want to pick on some things that we're doing wrong that we need to stop doing, that's fine. I'm all for that. Less pollution is good for all of us. Definitely. Definitely good for all of us. But when you go to the extent and the extreme of saying the earth is going to come to an end and we're destroying it with a little extra carbon monoxide, then... I can't agree with you. I'm going to have to go with the, the Word of God here and, and just say, no, you know, we still see we still see the seasons. We still see hot and cold. We see some extreme cold some years. Other years are more mild. We see some extreme heat some years. Other, world, other years are more mild. It's, it's the same. Believe me, I've lived long enough. I, I don't see the 
global warming stuff that they refer to. And that, that's because it's not. I mean, I'm sorry, it's just their science isn't exactly right. They're going on information. Some of it is theorized and some of it is, uh, what would you say, it's averages. Averages, when you come to weather and atmosphere and things, averages vary. I mean, an average is just an average. From year to year, things are going to vary quite a bit. Um, you know, there were these World War II, I think it was uh, World War II planes that were found. Was it in Greenland? I think it was in Greenland or somewhere like that. Um, and they were found way deeper down in the snow than was expected. They were expected to be under a certain number of feet of snow. And I forget what that number was. Maybe it was 50 feet or 25 feet. And, and they thought based on the averages, they would be about that far down. But it turned out that they were actually buried much deeper under the snow, maybe 75 feet or something like that. And, and these are just general numbers. This may not be exactly perfectly accurate, but it's, it's to give you the, the idea. And you can look this up and find out. But um, what the exact numbers were. But they were well off because they were going on averages. And averages are just that. It's just an average. I mean, but some years and some cycles, some decades will be colder or warmer than others, have more snow than others. And we can't base everything on averages. And I'm sorry, I've really gotten off on a tangent here with this. But nonetheless, so we didn't see this about the food. That's probably going to be in Genesis 9. And we will get there. We'll get there and see that because it's after after they come off the ark and after the animals are back out in the wild, then things change. So we'll get to that next time. Nonetheless, I just wanted to make sure that we saw this. This verse is very important and it establishes, you know, this is God's covenant with us, with Noah, with all of us that are here now. This is his promise to us and I take that very seriously. So... Anything that comes against that, I'm, I'm not going to agree with or believe. You know, um, it would it would take irrefutable, absolute irrefutable evidence, and and there is none. There's actually there's very little evidence to support global warming as a whole. Now, are there temperature changes that occur over spaces of time? Yes, um, probably after this flood, the world was probably colder for a while because of all the all the uh, moisture and everything, they, they, they think that's where people get the idea of like the big ice age. And it was probably really just from the flood. And then there were some colder years for a while and different things, you know, because that changed that changed the, uh, the planet quite a bit, the flood did, because it was a worldwide flood. It was a huge catastrophic event. So, all right. Anyway, I should stop now before I continue forever and ever. This has been Genesis chapter 8. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.